The programme which follows is brought to you by Resonance 104.4 FM. And good afternoon. This is Isotopica here on Resonance 104.4 FM. This is me, Simon Tushko, and we are returning for a new season after summer. That's what we just had. And we did something rather unusual here at the culture we went on something called a holiday which i'm not too familiar with doing i travel for work i travel to do things but very rarely do i go to the beach um kind of thing but i went to stay with a very old friend the art writer stella santa Caterina. i last went to visit her in calabria southern italy about 30 years ago and this time i returned with fellow resonance broadcaster Elemasi. we went off in search of speedboats firearms and hot hot beaches which we found the beaches but no speedboats and no firearms so a much more gentle holiday than intended but hey that's not a bad thing to do what have we got? We've got a season of Isotopica. We've got loads of guests lined up. Hopefully will be joining me either here in the studio or on pre-record and various external adventures included, but not limited to over the next few weeks. We're going to be hearing from Mr. Dudley Sutton, Viv Albertine from the Slits, Bugatti John's is hopefully going to pop back. The Icelandic activist member of Parliament for the Party, Pirate Party, there in Iceland, and they're hoping also to take Isotopica to Iceland on a little outing. More details have to follow at some point soon. We're going to be speaking with Holly Johnson. We're going to be talking about setting up a commune in the Italian mountainside. That features in today's episode. We're going to be usually twisting and turning around various political themes about socialist utopias and neoliberal dystopias. We're hopefully going to be doing some work with Mr. Adam Curtis. We've got Mick Jones from The Clash who trying and so on to get Mr. Jones to come along and perhaps do something with us maybe in the new year. We're going to be talking about the Red Army faction. We're going to be meeting Mr. George, the Soho Taylor. Plus, 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 plus. The list goes on. My ambitions are high as ever. But today, what are we doing? We're going to go up and we're going to have a field diary isotopica's trip to the southern tip of italy where we're going to go we're going to find an abandoned village we're going to talk italian with a few people we're going to eat ice cream we're going to search for the perfect sound castle we're going to listen to the sea and we're going to be chatting with um, alessandro colishaw son of yba star in fact the only proper artist amongst that bunch of ne'er-do-wells um, matt colishaw we're meeting Stella, Stella Santa Caterina, the art writer, an old, old friend, and stuff like that. So why don't you just pin back your ears and listen to today's episode, which is what I'm going to do. And it has been annotated with an algorithmically generated sequence of bleeps and echoes programmed in a major pentatonic scale just to show how clever we can be here at Isotopica. Details of today's episode can be found on my website. Details of the upcoming Commune in the Mountain, in fact, can be found there too at www.theculture.net. So in the meantime, let's all pin back our ears and settle in like a warm bath. A welcome warm bath when you're really sticky and smelly because it is a new episode of Ice Thanks for tuning in.
so uh, I don't think you're gonna hear much. Trust me, I'm a professional. So uh, we're here by the sea. This is the Ionian Sea. Yes. Southern coast of Italy. Northern coast of Africa. Yeah. And your name is Alessandra Caterina. Saint Caterina. Santa Caterina. Santa Caterina is one of the oldest families around here and connected to everything from farming to extortion, extortion, political graft, sunbathing, and poker playing. I understand your grandfather lost a lot of the family money in poker, from what I hear. Yeah, well, it's better that than spending it on fancy holidays. Yeah, which this isn't, you know, but everywhere I look at this, <laughs> this really isn't a fancy holiday. We're actually in kind of, the, the, the nearest description to anywhere else I can think of is Pripyat. Where's Pripyat? Pripyat near Chernobyl. It's kind of, oh, yeah. it's, it's, except it's a bit busier. Is that got, the actual town where the nuclear power station was? Yeah, well, Chernobyl was the nuclear power, but the t that was the town that was evacuated. But anyway, we're here getting some ambient recording of um, surf, sand and sun. And um, this is the introduction to the new season of Isotopica here on Resonance 104.4 FM, which is an international art radio station. Does that, I mean, standing on the beach, does that really impress you? No. You're asking me if I want to play sport. Sport. I've still got a note from my mother. Huh? Anyway, she'll, she'll... It's not much of a sport. Yes. I hope not. I'm not much of a player. I'm not a team player. I'm more tactical. I keep the greatest distance you between me, me and the ball at any one time. Anyway, that's a bit of sand sound, like that's my foot going into the sand. And, um, do you know what? I don't think I'm going to leave London again for a while. It's a bit well, of a mistake, this. It's a good thing. London's really where it's at. Well, yeah. You focus and do things. Mm -hmm. that's, that's where things happen. This is where things don't happen. Well, the barber was shot a few years ago, wasn't he? Sometimes, yes. What happened? Bad haircut. <laughs> Bad haircuts, I came and shot him in the forehead. And that is actually a true story. <laughs> they don't take mullets lightly. No. He tried to introduce a kind of Swedish look into a southern Calabrian town. And I don't think Vidal Sassoon would have got very far here. Well, he wouldn't have lasted long. <laughs> Holidays, eh? Over here, put the thing down. Let's be normal. Simon. Some probably chance. what you've heard all your life. Yeah. Can't you just be normal, Simon? There's not much of an answer to that. Signing off. Dobbiamo riuscire a mantenerci belle tutto l'anno con 69.000 lire e poi pensate che è un oggetto che va bene per tutta la famiglia, per l'uomo, per la donna, per i bambini. E ricordate l'omaggio meraviglioso, questa splendida collana, vi voglio ricordare di perle di Mallorca, un filo prezioso che giungerà direttamente nelle vostre case. All 
things are transitory. All things must pass. Attachments, whether to material possessions, to people, to places, or to a name, are futile. Despite your clinging, all of these things will fade away. I first met Miles in the cells after Grosvenor Square. The same day I saw a girl. The girl I still believe was Anna. I'd begun that morning listening to speeches in Trafalgar Square as a fairly typical second-year student at London School of Economics, which is to say I'd spent the previous 18 months in an overheated co-ed bar argument about the best way to destroy the class system, combat state oppression, and end the war. For us, there was only one war. Even though we weren't fighting there, one promise our so-called socialist government hadn't broken. Vietnam denied us defined us. It was Vietnam that drew us together and made us a movement. I was sometimes a little vague about who I included in the word us, but that Sunday it seemed clear. clear. There were tens of thousands there, the famous and the unknown, gathered together in the name of peace and internationalism. We were the people, it was our day. The speakers harangued us in relays from a platform in front of the National Gallery, approaching the mic against the backdrop of fluttering North Vietnamese flags. Someone let off a smoke bomb and an orange hange drifted across the fountains, licking at the feet of the lions guarding the head base of Nelson's column. The smoke was a reminder of why we were there, of the horror being played out in jungles and rice paddies on the other side of the world. The speakers links, linked these to other things, to Aden devaluation. They told us that Britain was on its knees. They told us the system was tottering. My name then was Chris Carver. I'd grown up in Ryslip in the commuter belt of West London. I'd done well at grammar school, so well that even my father, a man whose emotions got lost at the bottom of the North Atlantic on some wartime winter convoy, had evinced a little pride in my LSE place. In stale 60s Britain, university meant upward mobility. My family were proud members of what still teemed with the disgusting precision of English snobbery, the lower middle class. When he heard the news over the breakfast table, Dad, who owned a shop selling electrical goods, had cracked a smile behind his copy of the Express. Not because he cared about knowledge or particularly respected those who possessed the education he lacked. Quite the contrary, he always made his feelings very clear about egg hoots, spewers of hot air, it wasn't even about money, not really. He smiled because his son was on the rise, edging a little closer to the high wall palace, the place occupied by the governors, the top people. And of course, because my ability to pass exams reflected well on him, blood, he had said, gesturing at me complacently, and marmalade-smeared slice of toast will out. Standing in the crowd that morning with my first fist in the air, there was one thing I was certain of. I'd had enough of my father's world, enough of the idea that life was scrambled to the top over the heads of those poorer, slower or weaker than yourselves. I hadn't spoken to either of my parents since the previous Christmas when I'd announced over the lunch table that I was a communist. My mother, numbed by pills and her own lack of expectation, had been incredulous. To her it was simply nonsensical, as if I'd just told her I was a negro or a circus clown. Communism was for Glasgow dockers and bearded Jews. People like us didn't just turn that way. But my father understood. He knew I was telling him to get fucked. For my dad, disrespect was always a threat, not just to himself, but to the wider world, the nation or whatever it was he thought he'd fought a war for. Where would I be if he hadn't known how to obey orders and an order in? That was his trump card, his war, 
was my warlessness. I think he'd have found it easier if I told him I was homosexual, then at least he could have submitted me to the appropriate authorities, the psychiatrist or the vicar, or something could have been done. Even now, I hate remembering the gloomy little Oedipal scene that played out in our own front room. The four of us, mum, dad, me and my older brother Brian, wearing paper crowns from cheap Christmas crackers, the kind that left slight stains of colour on your forehead when you took them off. I talked into the silence, trying everything I could think of to get a response, a sign of life. I told my parents that the ruling class was scum, fattened by 900 years of greed and oppression. A cough, the clink of cutlery on the second best china. Warmongering bastards burning the skin of little children. Dad said men- uh, segmenting a boiled potato. Christopher said eventually, if this is typical of what they're teaching you, I knew the second part and repeated it along with him. Then I don't know why I'm paying my taxes. My mother asked if I wanted more gravy. I pushed my chair back and left the house. So Trafalgar Square was part of a new life, a project of self-invention. I'd come on the march with my friends who were all members of something called Vietnam Action Group, one of a dozen different councils and communities that existed at my university. Councils and committees, I beg your pardon all dedicated with varying degrees of clarity to the proposition that ending America's war in Vietnam was our special duty. My own anger about the war rendered everything else disgusting. Every small pleasure was bleached out by by the knowledge that somewhere else such horror existed. My friends loved to argue. They loved to talk and thought that I had a... And though I had a shelf of Marcuse and Marx, I knew the jargon as well as they did. Their talk had begun to seem intellectual, masturbatory. In meetings and teachings, I was the first to stand up and call for action. I was hopeful that this was how young I was, that I might be the one, that it might be given to me, Chris Carver, to smash up the old world and build something new. Dunque, dicevo un attimino perché, eh, ecco, dicevo appunto di questa, di questa canzone che si intitola, il titolo è Un garofano rosso ed è cantata da, eh, da Claudio Villa, una, una versione originale, un serenate del sud, le calde, dolci, snervanti notti di Sicilia, 
durante tutto il tempo che ne ero stato lontano, il ricordo di quelle notti, o meglio di una notte, aveva popolato le mie ore di rimpianti, di nostalgia. Agramonte, 18.000 abitanti, 4.300 analfabeti, 1.700 disoccupati tra fissi e fluttuanti. 24 chiese, se ben ricordo, tra le quali si annoverano alcuni notevoli esemplari barocchi del tardo Seicento. Questo è Palazzo Cefalù e questo è lo stemma dei miei avi. Unica cosa, quasi che mio padre non si fosse ancora venduta. Le dissipazioni di papà, sulla natura delle quali sorvolo per rispetto a mamma, ci avevano ridotti ad abitare in una sola ala del palazzo, mentre l'altra ala era stata occupata da mio zio Calogero e dalla sua famiglia. Ma di questo fatale condominio e delle sue conseguenze tirò più avanti. Ah, eccolo qua mio padre, il barone Don Gaetano Cefalù. E questi sono gli amici del circo. Alla vostra bellezza, barone. Lasciamo le mani, Don Gaetano. Per cinque secondi egli è stato l'oggetto delle loro chiacchiere. Ma eccoli già ritornati al loro argomento preferito, le donne. Era un discorso inesauribile. Nell'accesa fantasia dei miei concittadini le donne si tingevano dei colori del mito. Le favolose, invisibili donne di Agramonte che celavano la loro bellezza e il loro ardore dietro le grate, pardon, dietro le stecche di vereconde persiane. Agramonte Proletario invece procedeva gloriosamente sulla via del progresso. Un progresso un po' lento forse, eh sì, ma alle spregiudicate trombe proletarie rispondevano altrettanto sonore le campane di San Firmino. E perciò, miei cari fedeli e amati concittadini, io vi esorto a dare il vostro suffragio ad un partito che sia popolare, e cioè democratico e quindi rispettoso della nostra fede cristiana. Un partito, per concludere, che sia democratico e cristiano. Sollecitazioni come riusciamo a tonificare in profondità. Ed ora, Patrizia, lo vuoi mettere nel ginocchio, nell'interno cosce? Vogliamo far osservare quella parte anatomica del corpo femminile che così tanto è difficile da poter far, diciamo così, ritonificare fino ad arrivare al ginocchio, dove possiamo perdere per indossare... Incredibile, signori, il contenitore grigio è l'unico, è l'unico, l'unico arrivato dall'America perché la nave è affondata ed è stato salvato soltanto quel contenitore grigio. Che cosa conterrà mai? Eh, difficile a dire. Ma signori, il contenitore grigio soltanto 5 milioni, 5 milioni ed è vostro. A casa vostra ve lo portiamo noi in spalla, assicurato, tutto proprio il contenitore My grandfather is actually the more famous of the two. My grandfather is like one of the more famous zoologists in Estonia and has written quite a lot of books and stuff. And it's kind of uh, taught in the um, 
university, like the best university in Estonia. And my grandmother, she was kind of like like that. And and she so in, in, in the Soviet Union. So I understand perfectly. Mm -hmm. You understand the women they were educated. Yeah, in yeah, yeah. And and you were equal because they went on expeditions together. They went on expeditions yeah. like sure. you know, Kazakhstan and in the steppes and everything. They went on to like you know to research animals and stuff, and what she did, which was really exceptional in the Soviet Union, because the Soviet Union sexually was super purist, so it was kind of like almost, um, there was this saying that in the Soviet Union, sex, people do not have sex, the party has sex for people. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> so basically, like, like there, was, there was no prostitutes officially. officially, there was no homosexuality officially, because all the Soviet citizens, they were so decent, that they were all sexually super straight, like they were not. Um, yeah. uh, it was all like all the prostitution. But in the, on the background, uh, yeah, there were on the a background, lot of course. So like prostitution, homosexuality, all sorts but of sexual deviations were. How the people had the money to pay the prostitute? Well, everybody had the same amount of money, and prostitution it was just going on a different way because they're in um, Soviet times. There was this thing that is called a deficit. So there were certain goods that didn't exist, for example, you couldn't get some nylon stockings, you couldn't get stockings, you couldn't get perfume, all the stuff that came from the West, that was ah, like a massive yeah, deficit, I knew so that everything you could do as an exchange, you so it kind of worked, like there was not like official brothels or anything like that, but obviously it was all going for on a pair, pair of stockings, they were yeah, 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 exactly, yeah, yeah. I mean, you would fuck anyone for a pair of stockings from Paris or whatever, you know, <laughs> or for a bottle of perfume that came from the West, you know, like you, you would on services obviously and all of that stuff was going on of course but my because officially all of that stuff didn't exist and also extramarital relationships did not exist or it was like really founded one for example you couldn't check into a hotel with into the same room with a person that you were not officially married to and your marriage was registered in your passport so you required to provide a passport and if the woman that was right and if you're a guy and the woman that was with you that you were checking into a hotel was not your wife according to your passport no way no one would take you so, so the brother would have the in the private house she had a fucking lover like she was she fell in with a surgeon, with a heart surgeon or someone, and she had very publicly uh, an affair lasting for years and years and years with this heart surgeon. Was my like she was still officially married, like civilly married to my grandfather, and she was just like going like fuck it, I'm having my way, you know. It's just like I'm going where I want. Yeah, but to go. okay, I understand that uh, you can have a lover, but yeah. you can is in secret from the state. But the prostitution, how they managed to have sex in the street was forbidden. Well, probably in apartments, in, in, in ah. people's apartments. Like everything was going on and also like... Um, on the, the background. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In the, on the background. For example, in the 1980s there was this law which was called the dry law when Gorbachev came to power and mm. he forbade drinking because he was thinking that this was what driving the economy to the bottom. Yeah basically. So he forbade the sale of vodka and stuff and it was sold from uh, taxi cars. So it's was delle regole durante il periodo russo con la Russia che tutto era proibito, le prostituzioni erano proibite però in privato succedevano queste cose perché 
perché per, per esempio non volevano soldi però per un paio di caldi di nylon da Parigi uno andava a letto certo che buono domani sapere pagare in parusco parusco She's Georgian. Otto mesi, no? Otto mesi, da quando lavora qua. Non sa più l'italiano. No, ma parla ancora capisce poco l'italiano. Sì, capisce più o meno, con mia madre si capiscono. Però ormai capisce, può dire delle cose, ma molti vocaboli non li... So many words. Sì, sì, sì. This Georgia is such a beautiful country, I've always wanted to go. You've never been really, there? No, I've never been. I've never been to any of the um, sort of outside of EU Soviet countries. I really want to go. Have you been to Lithuania? Yeah, of course. I was, I was doing an artistic residency there in April. Okay. Where were you? No, I was on um, this peninsula. Like, I was Clay Peter? No, no, no. Nice. Just a bit of a nice. I was in a little village, a town called Nida. Nida. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. Made out of sand. I just found it like a bunch of sand dunes. It's really close to the Russian border of the Kaliningrad department. I don't know where it's called. Kaliningrad, yeah. What's happened? What's happened? Mosquito. I have someone stopping me. Someone? It's a, it's that, it's a big beetle. A beetle, a beetle, no, not a beetle. My cousin, when I said your father is a scientist of, of the bats, she said, oh, I, I never saw a bat since I was a child. She said, we used to play with the bats as a child. She said. Yes, but you said this? Now, just the, okay. just, just the, uh, and the, she remembered since uh, she was child that we never saw the bat around. Apparently, there's loads of them in London. Like in London, yes. But here, uh, me too. But she said when she was child, she's 70 years old. She looks much here, 72. She looks very well. It's a great longevity in this area. You saw it. She yeah, looks yeah, much yeah. younger. Much, yeah, lots of, there are lots of stories. Everyone seems very healthy. The older people. Not my mother. She's eighty-five. But she is fever and also back, which is not good. But her cousin, 72, she looked deep. You saw her? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Orlando is 68, the one that gave us the... It's the brother. Okay, Tuesday, my cousin. Her brother. Mm -hmm. And uh, 68. 
I know what any of us ever doing zigzag looking out for horses my heart was pounding we were about to were we about to storm the building earlier there'd been talk of an armed guard armed guard snipers on the roof but i was sure we wouldn't stop if somebody got killed it would be their fault not ours this was our winter palace this was this was i swerved away from a couple of policemen but they weren't interested in me one had lost his hat the other was covered with flour they were desperate to get back to their mates who were hastily hopping over the ornamental iron fence in front of the embassy. Faced with this second police line, our charge ran out of steam. People were still pouring into the square, but we'd stopped short at the fence, milling around, shouting and waving banners. The atmosphere had changed. We'd seen what had happened if we got caught, so there were both a new apprehension and a new anger bubbling in the crowd. A constant rain of missiles was flying over my head, not just our flour, but marbles, bottles, clods of earth, broken banners, bits of fence. Someone had let off a smoke bomb. I could see a policeman lying on the ground, unconscious. I picked up a placard so I had something to defend myself with. Then they charged us with horses and the scene turned medieval. As I watched the battle from my spot under the tree, I realized that this was as far as we were going to get. We were a temporary crowd, a mass of disparate people. When threatened, there was nothing to hold us together. We had neither the guts nor the organization, and perhaps not the imagination either. How many of us would know what to do if we got inside the embassy building? How many would freeze and then run back down the stairs into the world that we knew? From beneath the tree, I watched the police make little sorties hauling people back with them. Everything seemed to be happening at a distance on a screen. And suddenly I found myself thrown forward onto the churned up grass, my palms squishing into cold wet mud. Snapping back into close up, I rolled my shoulders and windmill my arms, trying to shake the grip that had tightened on my jacket. I need to find a second pair of hands lifting me up by the waistband of my jeans, so my feet lost contact with the ground. Someone took hold of my leg, someone else grabbed a handful of my hair. Lollipopping, lolloping along as fast as they could, the policeman frog marched me towards the fence and threw me over. Before I could pick myself up, my arms were twisted behind my back and someone punched me hard in the stomach. At that point, I started to lash out from fear as much as anything else. A new group of hands lifted me up, landing a few more workmanlike blows as I tried to get away. There was little real malice in it. I think by this time they were too tired to be properly nasty. 
My face was mashed against some copper's blue serge tunic. I could hear his laboured breathing as he helped cart me along, smell his reek of sweat and cigarette. Pepe! Si. Che è successo? Ti senti male? Ma no, sto benissimo. Sono, sono qua, che vuoi? Hai bisogno di qualche cosa? Vuoi una camomilla calda? Ma non ho bisogno di niente. Vattene a letto, va. Vattene a letto. ci vuole a forza è vero è vero che i peperoni senza aglio non vanno ma lei dovrebbe capire che è che certe cose una moglie le può capire meglio di una madre è questione di non so non per un fatto materiale tu non credi bebè bebè C'è un poco di freddo. Che freddo che c'è. Allora, si sente poco bene. Oggi al circo il termometro segnava 34 gradi. Bebe, ma tu mi vuoi veramente bene? Ma si capisce che ti voglio bene. Ah, e, e quanto, Fefe, quanto, quanto, eh? Quanto, Fefe? Oh, Fefe, che belli piedi freschi che c'hai. tessuto è formato da tante piccolissime spore 
che a contatto della vostra epidermide vi daranno un massaggio continuo, costante, vigoroso, il filo di perle di Maiorca con il fermaglio in bagno d'oro di 24. Ed ecco la sua compagna in attesa di essere agganciata. Vediamo se ci riesce, sì, sì. E anche la compagna devo dire che... Plus the explosion of it because we had the conducts from Libya over the gas. Okay. So was it also fire? Mm. Destroy completely the city. Mm. Well, uh, uh, 114 years ago. Okay, I'll see this book. 1400, No, in England they don't teach artists. No, they don't teach anything. This, this is like my mother's clock. My mother had a clock like this. Beautiful. Yeah. But the rate is not English, it's Italian. No, I can see it's Italian, but it's the same style. It's yeah. Particular time, particular time. But they don't teach anything in England, but they don't teach history. But they don't know. No, this clock, which was made by But some damage was done. Mm. I think I need the battery. Okay. You know how to oh, yeah. if I put the battery, yeah. I think because it's a nice it door. Yeah. Okay, that's good beautiful. You think you know how to remove it because uh, it's a uh, Maybe it's been attached. No, it's been left, usually left. Yeah, this is very simple. Battery, battery. Um, Sometimes you have to pull this up and drop it to make it start. That's like the switch that goes on. So I need to find the battery. Is the, have you got the battery I gave you? Let's see if it's the same size or the small. Maybe a AAA.
10,79. Grazie. 5 kg e 3 di melone per l'altro. Sì, intanto per la portata. Il cazzo fa un buono domani. Su scrivo 5 kg e 3 Signori, il contenitore grigio è l'unico, è l'unico, l'unico arrivato dall'America perché la nave è affondata ed è stato salvato soltanto quel contenitore grigio. Che cosa conterrà mai? Eh, difficile a dire. Ma signori, il contenitore grigio soltanto 5 milioni, 5 milioni ed è vostro. A casa vostra ve lo portiamo noi in spalla, tutto assicurato, tutto proprio il contenitore Got her up the dark. Right. And had this child that no one really ever knew about who went to Australia and he came back like five years ago to like kind of say hello to the family. My mate? Yeah. So we're like, oh, alright. Um, what else? There's so many secrets. Tell me about the grandfather and the horse. They got married. How long were they married? For about six minutes, I think. Okay. So quite considerable time, really. <laughs> yeah. In my terms. <laughs> <laughs> we love the stories. And your grandfather rode about on a horse. Not my grandfather, my great... <coughs> it would be my grandfather's grandfather, which makes it great. my great-great-grandfather. Great-great-grandfather. Being anything but great. Mm. They were rich landowners. Mm. That's why he still had some money. Yeah. Because no one worked. And they owned a lot of land back when this was a relatively decent village and people would come here. Yeah. And back in that day, everyone rides around no, on horses the with swords. The, uh, the, the great uncle, 
the 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 uncle of my grandfather was a cardinal. Yeah. And where, where was cardinal he based? In here. Rome or here? Rome, Africa. Yeah. Before here, but they don't come from here. They come from half French. My father's family, Santa Caterina, where it's Jacobian. It's his mother. My grandfather married 17 no years old, the beautiful girl. Mm -hmm. Daughter of a lawyer, mm -hmm. Jewish background, to save her from getting 17 years younger than him. And she died. To save her from? The persecution of the... Mm. You've got such an extensive and interesting family history. So my grandmother, Julia, the name is... Julia Day, from mm. this grandmother, which was Julia Naim. Naim. Wow. She was very intellectual, not a lawyer, but they were, the sister was shot to me by the Nazis. Mm -hmm. They are wrong. Mm -hmm. She was studying. The younger sister. My grandfather married. She was pretty blonde. She's 17 years younger than me. Mm -hmm. So anyway, this great great grandfather of mine was riding around the horse, and he was having. So my family, my father said name, and the father had an argument to get Jewish background. Actually, the contrary, Catholic cardinal and French, after French. The grandma, the, the the grandmother of my grandfather was French. The the, the Teresa de Gaulle. Okay. Very French. What were they doing here? How no, because they, they were sent from the Kingdom of Naples to protect the Calabria Jacobian, to remove some uh, things against the Catholic, but uh, which were against the French. They were protecting the French here because we had the occupation of the Normans here. Those pesky Normans. Tell me. Is your grandfather on the horse? This, yeah, this guy. I've heard stories about him. He was written quite wealthy, but there were jokes about him about how tight he was. He would like sit on a, on this wall and ask people for cigarettes, even though he had a pack in his pocket and like never spend any money. I think he was a real cheap prick. And uh, he was shagging this one one of the guys that was working on the land's wife. And uh, the guy found out, and he was riding by on the horse, and the guy said. Uh, I need to speak to you for a second. He got off the horse. He stole his own sword and stabbed him with it to death. His great great grandfather got killed in a sword fight and shagging the local. Of his own sword. Of his own sword, yeah. That's quite good. You need, need to know where to stick your sword, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's. there's um, see? Give me your plate. Both his swords got him into a lot of trouble. Yeah. There's two plates there, I don't know why. And now oh, one's Alessandro, your... that's Alessandro. I don't know. Richie's not having anything else, so we can leave that one away, yeah. Okay. And that's about it, that's about as interesting as it could. I disagree, I'm sure it gets very interesting. Continues on. I mean, it's all very kind hearts and coronets. You it? need the sun salt, I think. Thank you. You want a bit of a bread? No bread, thank you. I'm going to get myself a little piece of chilli and some salt. Perfect, thank you. Chilli's just there. This for you. Um, it's Sunday? No, I don't know Pick a piece of chilli off the bush over there. Joe is finding incredible. Yeah, it's nice. I 
I wish. Can we grow chilies in England? Yeah, 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 yeah. I've got some. Wonder what fruit. Double, 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 Tu mai ci hai pensato qual è lo scopo vero della nostra vita? Eh, vale. È amare. È amare. Noi viviamo per amare. Se non si amerebbe noi. Amasso, se non si amasse. Sì, noi è passi. Come tanti fiori in autunno appassiti. Noi appassiressimo, Fefe, ecco. Schifoso. Hai bisogno di qualche cosa? Ah, dai. Abarò, che c'è io che sta se fermo qui, mani? Attenzione tu, che ce lo dico a tuo padre. Lo sai poi lui com'è. Ma che ci posso fare io? Sta zitta, tu provochi. Ma se stanotte ha messo pure il cazzettone dietro la porta. Ma io giù, appena mi voto. Vedi, io lo do. E eh, tu non ti devi voltare. O ti rende qualcuno. Don Ferdinando! Agnese, per favore. Don Ferdinando, Agnese e io ci dobbiamo sposare, credetemi. Ah. Dobbiamo sposarci presto, prima di Natale. Sì, presto. Parliamone. Ma tanto c'è tempo, no? E prima devo consumare mezzo lutto del mio povero nonno e mm. poi... Non devi pensare male. Rosario mi ha sempre rispettato. Lo giuro. Io. io tolgo il disturbo. Con permesso. In fondo, sono un tipo interessante. Fine. Intelligente. Bisogna eliminare i grassi, bisogna eliminare gli zuccheri, i farinacei, bisogna eliminare tutto. Pepe, ti ho portato il caffè, fresco fresco. Riposati? Sì. E basta, di meno, basta una punta. Ma come? Se ti piaceva dolce il caffè. Ora non più. Pepe, me ne dai un goccio, proprio un goccio, un goccio. Ma se c'è la cucuma piena. No, di quello tuo.
you have been listening to Sonic Journeys in the Southern Italian countryside with me, Simon Tishko, as an episode of Istopica. Special guests today were Ella Massing, Alessandro Sadkaratarina, various cousins, uncles, friends, lovers, wives, members of God knows what organisations, scientists, doctors and even teachers all down there baking under the Italian sun. Isotopica will be repeated at 5am on Friday morning for those that didn't quite believe what they just heard. You can check it out again, but you can also find it in iTunes and somewhere on my website, www.theculture.net. This is me, Simon Tishko. Thanks very much for signing in, and we shall be back same time, same place, same magnificent international art radio station. This is me, Simon, signing off for another seven days. Isotopica signing out. This programme was brought to you by Resonance 104.4 FM. Visit our website at resonancefm.com to hear our vast range of original 24-7 broadcasts. Resonance is a not-for-profit broadcast platform and relies on public support. If you like what you've heard, make a secure donation at resonancefm.com.